Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralysed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralysed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralysed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. G'day everyone, my name's Dave. A special welcome to you if this is one of your first times here or you're passing through or you've just moved to the area, as Sam said, big welcome. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, yeah, we're going to be opening the Bible and we're looking at this idea of hope. And I reckon there's two ways that people hope for their lives. They hope for a fresh start. I reckon there's two ways. If you think about a fresh start, new year, new me, there's two types of fresh starts. The first type of fresh start is the optimistic fresh start. It's the, uh, it's the hope that if I do a little bit, a little bit of hard work, a little bit of effort, then I can get from here to here, right? I can, I can put some effort in, I can try and cut some carbs, I can try and spend a little bit more time with that person, I want to improve that relationship, I can put in some exercise in my week, I can just do a little bit and I can improve, right? That's the first type of fresh start. I can take a fresh start of the year, fresh burst of energy, start of taking notes during the sermon and I can change, right? But then there's the other type of fresh start that people have. And it's a bit more bleak, it's a bit more pessimistic. It's the hope of being able to really start afresh. See, some people look at their lives and they look at their circumstances that they're in and the situation that they're in and what they've ended up with and they don't want to get from here to here. They just want to start new. They just want to start again. They want to press reset button on their life 
They want to move town, new job, new people, new everything. They want to leave everything behind and start afresh. Have you ever felt like that? I'm going to hazard a guess that we've all felt a little bit like that at some point. At some point, we've all felt like the best hope we have was to start afresh from the ground up. Somewhere new, with someone new, doing something new. And in fact, I'm going to hazard a guess that in a, in, in a room this size, there'll be some of us who are feeling like that right now. That the best fresh start you can think of is starting from the ground up. Friends, I want to say, if, you're, if that's you and you're here, I'm really glad you're here. Because the passage we, that Sam just read for us offers a fresh hope from Jesus. That is a clean slate, that is a new you. Let's have a look at it. Let's take a look at it again with me. It'd be good to have it in front of you as we read through it. Uh, if you don't know the, the Bible very much, that's cool. We're reading a book called Mark. It's written by a guy named Mark. It's his account of Jesus. Uh, he was with Jesus at the time. And in this chapter, Mark 2, he's telling us about a time when Jesus was in a house in a town called Capernaum. And this house was packed because Jesus was there. You can see that in verse 2. There were such large numbers of people in the room that there was no more space, not even outside the door. It was packed around the house as well. And so there's Jesus preaching to this packed, crowded house in the town of Capernaum. And take a look at what happens in verse 3. See in verse 3? Some men came, bringing Jesus a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get the paralyzed man to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. So just imagine that, while Jesus is in this crowded little house with all these people, everyone starts hearing this scratching on the roof. They're all looking up going, what is that? And then bits of ceiling start falling down among the crowd, and then they're moving out of the way and shouting at each other and shouting up and they're shouting down, and then all of a sudden, this guy drops from the ceiling on a mat sprawled out on the ground, and everyone stops, looks at the guy, and looks at Jesus. And what does Jesus say? Take a look. Jesus says the strangest thing. In verse 5, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, I don't know about you, but that was not what I would expect Jesus to say in that moment. I'm, I'm going to hazard a guess that it's not what the paralyzed man was expecting Jesus to say at that moment, nor the guys on the roof, nor anyone in the crowd was actually expecting Jesus was about to say that. Can you imagine the awkward silence in the room at that point? After all the commotion of the roof and the mattress and this guy just sprawled out on the floor... And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Now, it could be that Jesus is just saying something token, right? He could, he could just be saying the nice thing in the moment. There's, there's something that sounds nice, just the right thing to say in the moment. He could just be saying something token. But what if it's not token? What if what Jesus is saying... What if Jesus is actually being serious here? 
can Jesus really say this? Because just think about what he's saying for, again for a second. He's looking at this guy and he says, your sins are forgiven. What does that actually mean? Let's, let's just think about that for a second. First of all, think about what sins mean. Uh, if you're a Christian, you've got an idea in your head what sins is, but uh, sins is, is our list of shames, isn't it? It's, it's all the things that we've ever done that we're ashamed of. It's all our secrets. Imagine a list of everything you've ever thought, said and done that you are secretly ashamed of. That's a frightening list, isn't it? But sins doesn't, that doesn't capture what the word sins mean. The word sins actually means something more than that. It means all the things that God sees that we've said, thought and done that He is ashamed of. It's the things that God looks at in our lives and He thinks is shameful. And we all carry this list of sins. And some of us are barely aware of it. And you might be hearing this idea of this list of sins and thinking that your list is pretty short and there's only a few minor things on it. But for the most of us who are honest with ourselves, we know that that list is longer than we'd like to admit. And there are things on that list that we hate about ourselves. It's one of the key reasons people long for a fresh start. Because we can feel the burden of all those shames and mistakes of our past hanging over our head and weighing us down and just, we just wish that there was a way that we could cut ties with them, that we could start again, that we could cancel them, that we could leave them behind, that we just wish there was a way that they didn't own us anymore that our list of shames didn't define who we are. That's why, if, if Jesus really means what He's saying to this guy, it's actually incredible. Jesus is claiming to forgive sins on behalf of God. Let me just talk about what forgiveness means just for a second, because I think it's a concept, forgiveness is a concept that our world doesn't really understand very well. See, lots of people seem to think that forgiveness needs to be earned, right? Kind of like trust, just like trust needs to be earned, right? So, some people think that just like you need, you need to earn someone's trust if you've wronged them, which is true, if you've wronged someone, then, then you need to earn their trust again, because you've wronged them. Then people go on to assume that you also need to earn someone's forgiveness if you wrong them. But that's not forgiveness. Trust and forgiveness are different things. Forgiveness can't be earned. Just think about forgiveness for a second in terms of a debt, right? So I have a debt uh, with the bank, with my home loan, and imagine I just walked into my bank and said, can you forgive my debt? Would you, Mr. Banker, please forgive my debt, my home loan? Imagine if the banker said, sure, I forgive your debt. Your debt is forgiven, there's nothing more to pay, you get the house, we don't take anything else, that's it. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? 
But imagine if I went to the bank and said, can you forgive my debt? And the banker said, well, I'll tell you what, if you just pay off your loan, if you pay off your debt, you make all the repayments until they're all paid, then I'll forgive you. When you pay it off, that's when I will forgive you. I will forgive your debt when you've paid it. That's not forgiveness, is it? If he offered me forgiveness at that point, I'd be kind of offended, going, no, you can't forgive me, I've paid you back. I've, I've made up all the payments. I've, we're not, there's no forgiveness going on here, we're square, we're settled, we're even. But you're treating me like I have to earn forgiveness. See, when we think that we have to earn forgiveness, or that people have to earn our forgiveness... What we're really talking about isn't forgiveness, we're really talking about punishment or making people pay for their wrongs or holding a grudge for some indeterminate amount of time until we decide that it's settled, I've held a grudge for long enough, now I will forgive you. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is different to trusting someone. We can say you've wronged me and I don't know that I can trust you yet but at the same time I do forgive you and I no longer hold anything against you. I'm not going to be angry, I'm not going to hold a grudge, I forgive you. Do you see how forgiving someone is much harder than trusting someone? Because forgiveness can only be offered freely. That's why being forgiven, when you've wronged someone and and they forgive you, they just clean the slate and they flat out forgive you. When that happens, it's amazing. It's lovely. It's wonderful. And then the thought that God, who sees all our wrongs, not just the ones that you can see, I do, but all of them, that He can see all my shames and that He can say, I forgive you. That's incredible. And so when Jesus says to this bloke sprawled out on the floor, your sins are forgiven, do you get why it's such an amazingly odd, crazy, impossible thing for him to say? Jesus is claiming to speak on behalf of God and completely clean this guy's slate. Give this guy a totally new restart with God where past sins and shames are dealt with and future ones are dealt with too. Be forgiven. You see, if Jesus isn't offering just token words here, then He's claiming something that's impossibly crazy. And in fact, that's exactly what some of the crowd think, thought at the time. Have a look again. It's in verse 6. Some of the people in the crowd, that's what they thought. Jesus, in verse 6, Jesus has told the guy that his sins are forgiven and from verse 6, now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? See, they get it. They know that there's no way Anyone can dish out a fresh start like this with God. 
Surely Jesus can't offer forgiveness on behalf of God. Could he? Because if that were true, if he could do this, then that would be... Well, it can't be true, right? They assume that Jesus is just speaking token words, that he's taking the easy option. But Jesus knows what they're thinking. Take a look at what he says to them in verse 8. In verse 8, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier? For me to say to this paralysed man, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat and walk? See, Jesus calls them on their challenge. They think that Jesus is just offering empty words, token words of hope that he can't really back up and Jesus calls them on it. He says, well, hang on, you think that my words are just empty? You think that I'm just taking the easy option by saying his sins are forgiven and not actually doing that? Look at verse 10. But I want you to know that the Son of Man, that's Jesus referring to himself, the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. Do you see that if you can forgive someone's sins... If you have the authority to cancel someone's debt with God and wipe away their list of shames for eternity, if you've got that type of power, then healing a paralysed man isn't hard. In fact, healing the paralysed man is the token thing. It takes much, much more authority to deal with someone's eternal list of shames and sins before God than it does to deal with someone's spine. And Jesus has that kind of authority. Jesus has the kind of power that can not only say, get up and walk, but can also say, your sins are forgiven. I want to suggest that this is the type, this is the real fresh start we're all looking for. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know that for many people, the Christmas New Year period is one of the most difficult, trialling times of the year. That while so many people seem to have happy families and brilliant lives and Instagram looks amazing, so many of us find that very moment the hardest time because of those relationships or the lack of them. It's one of those times where people do just wish they could leave all their mistakes and their past and their decisions behind and start afresh. And if that's you, you might be sitting there wondering if Jesus could fix your life, the way he fixed this paralysed man's life. Maybe Jesus can make you better, make your life better. But did you notice how healing this guy 
was not what Jesus thought was the most important thing. For all the guy had wrong with his life, his broken body was not. His broken relationship with God was his biggest problem. His list of sins and shames and guilt was his biggest problem. And that's the reality for us as well. That's the fresh start we really need, a fresh start with the God who doesn't ask us to make it up to Him, who doesn't ask us to earn the forgiveness He gives us, who doesn't expect us. But the God who forgives us, warts and all, understanding everything we've done. Friends, more than anything else we need in our life right now, we need this forgiveness from God. But not only for life now, it's also for the next life too. See, we see Jesus heal this man in this passage, but there's another passage, if you want to look later, in John 5, where Jesus talks about the day when He will raise everyone from the dead. He will heal everybody, everyone who's ever lived, and He will heal the dead. He will heal you and me, and He will heal every bone and every bruise, and on that day, the only thing that will matter is whether you are forgiven or not. Jesus says it like this in John 3, whoever believes in the Son, that's Him, has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath, God's anger remains on Him. They are not forgiven. See, Jesus is our chance for a fresh start. Jesus offers us a fresh start with God in our lives here and now, living our lives forgiven with Him, and Jesus offers us a fresh start in the next life, where being forgiven means we get to escape God's wrath, and that all our sins and shames, that they would be gone. Let me just speak for a second to those of us who might not call ourselves Christian. Or for those of you who are just here checking Jesus out and just thinking through all this, let me just say this to you first. The reality is that in the eyes of Jesus, we're all not that different to this guy in the passage. Jesus actually sees us all as pretty helpless, with the mess of a broken life surrounding us, And He offers us deep, this deep, refreshing clean of our souls. Just imagine for a second what that would mean for you. In the midst of all that's going on in your life, for you to know that God holds nothing against you. That there's no list of wrongs for you. That God, amongst everything you're going through, the confidence of knowing that God is not ashamed of you. While it feels like everyone else is against you, imagine having the confidence that God has forgiven you for everything you've done and that He loves you. Friends, God's forgiveness really is a life changer. If you're thinking all this through and you feel like your life needs a fresh start, friends, make a fresh start this year with God. Start afresh with Jesus today. That might mean that you 
pray to Him and you ask Him for this forgiveness. Or it might mean that you might decide to come along again and keep thinking this through. We run run this thing called the Life Series that helps you think through what Jesus says and who He is and what it means to follow Him. We'll hear more about that later. But we'd love for you to make today your first step to starting afresh with God. But finally, let me just speak to those of us who are Christians. For most of us, if you're a Christian, this is, this is not new, is it? This is something we already know and we've heard a lot and that's a good thing, it's good to be reminded of this. It's actually something we need to keep re-preaching to ourselves. We need to learn the habit of preaching this forgiveness to ourselves again and again and being thankful that we're forgiven people. Especially in those times when, as Christians, we feel like we need a fresh start. See, even for Christians, we can still face those times when we look at our lives and they're not what we expected them to be, they're not what we hoped them to be. You might find yourself in circumstances that you just feel like you can't change where we can't help where our life has ended up and sometimes we wish, even as Christians, that we could press the reset button and go back and change the decisions that we made. Friends, if you're feeling like that, I get it. If that's you, can I encourage you to start here with Jesus? Before you look at the things you'd love to change out there, Remind yourself of how Jesus has already changed you, forgiven you in here. Drink deeply from the wonderful fountain of free forgiveness and what that means for your life, that deep love that God has shown you and continues to show you every day. Start with Jesus' forgiveness and remain there. Firm in that hope And then, as you grasp Jesus' forgiveness for your life, allow that forgiveness to flow out to your perspective on life and on people. Is let Jesus' forgiveness reset your hope for life, reset your hope for the future, reset your hope for relationships. Let forgiveness become the shape of your life under God for yourself and towards others. Let's pray that we do that. Can you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, it is incredible that we could ever come to you with any expectation that you would forgive us. You know You know all our lives, you know everything we've done, you know what goes on in our hearts. The thought that you would freely forgive is incredible. And yet, Father, it is so clear from your Scriptures that you do. Father, please help us to dwell on this, 
to understand the deep truth of what it means to be forgiven, that it's not something we've earned, it's not something we've worked our way up to, it's something that's freely given, that we could never deserve ourselves. Father, particularly help us if we're feeling like this life is just not what we expected, that we'd love to start afresh. Help us to dwell again on your forgiveness and what that means for life now and what that means for life eternal. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.